It's beautiful to be in the presence of the Lord. There's no better place than the presence of the Lord. And I've got the sense that God really wants to call us into something more and something deeper. And um, the story that Emil just spoke about really touched me in a sense because, you know, when you, when you prepare for a sermon, you're always struggling. So what, what, what of the sermon is you and what is, what is God and what does God want to bring to this? What does God want to bring to the fore? And this morning when Emil brought that story, I, I realized that sometimes we are struggling, even though we've met Jesus, to step into the full call that God has called us to. Even though we've met him, there's still this leap of faith in a sense that we need to take. Um, and we struggle with that. You know, it's good to come and worship and we, we lift our hands and we say, Lord, you're worthy of it all. But if you think about that sentence, worthy of it all. It's sacrificial. In a sense, that man had to give up something that he desperately wanted. But God said, no, don't follow me, stay. And then he had to come to a place where he said, but Lord, you're worthy of it all. Some sacrifice sometimes, and sometimes when, when the things of this world screams louder than our reality of who Jesus is, and we've actually sang that over and over today. It says, Lord, show me who you are. Give me a new revelation. Give me, I want to see you. And, and in a sense, I feel like God wants to bring us into something more. Everyone here sitting today has been in church, has come to Josh Jen, whether it's here in Bonneville or Montague or wherever. You've come to the realization that you want to come to Christ. But there are things in our lives that it seems like it's a leap of faith. Now, when you're a child, it's easy to walk by faith. But when, when there's so much to give up, it's not as easy. And I had this picture while I was preparing this morning of, you know, that you're hanging on one rope. You know that story of the hanging on the one rope, and then you've got to leave the one rope to grab a hold of the other rope. And this morning while we were standing in worship, I saw this, I saw this, I don't know what you call this, Philip, what is that? I don't know. But I was seeing this and I'm thinking to myself, well, if I have to ask somebody, if I had to ask one of the children to stand on this side and jump over to that side and imagine there's a hole there, Chances is they said, cool, I'm going to go. That's why parents are like, where's my child? Where's my child? Because they, they know they can do stuff like that. They can suddenly jump into a pool or they can, they can go close to the edge where faith lives, you know, where faith resides. But when I ask you to come and be stupid, if I've got to ask Delaney to come and stand on this side and ask her to jump in front of all of these people to this side without touching the middle, I think she'll be, hoe gaan jy voel daar? Moet my asjeblief net nie voorin toeroep nie. It takes a leap of faith. 
And, and, I, and I felt by the words that God has brought to us, He's, He's calling us into His presence, into something more. He's saying, my beloved, I've called you. I don't care where you come from, whether you've been naked all your life, whether you've been sitting in a cemetery all your life, no matter what people have been telling you you are or have been saying about you, I'm calling you into this place of love. And while we were worshiping, I think the worship camp opened up something about this for us as worshipers last weekend where we came to a place where we realized that God calls us into His banqueting room, His banqueting house. Songs of Songs say in chapter 2 verse 4 says that God has brought me to His banqueting table and His banner over me is love. And this is the response of the bride after the bridegroom said that I love you. And the bride realizes, but God has got something better for me. And he's calling me to feast on him. That was the word that came through Philip this morning. That he's calling us to feast on Jesus Christ this morning. And I want to encourage you this morning that there's something more. There's something En jy gaan verskoon as ek bykie tussen Afrikaans en Engels spring vanmorgen, want die is mense wat bykie sikkel met die Afrikaanse taal. Hulle sal enig in die hemel Afrikaans praat, is ok. Want Engels het sy beertie gekry. But, I believe God wants to call us to something more. Where we not? You see, the only reason why I will jump from this side to that side no matter the doubt and the fear that I have, is because on that side, something is better than on this side. I have a greater revelation of what's waiting for me on that side. So there's a verse in Matthew 13, verse 44, that says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. treasure in the field where this man when he stumbles on it it's a treasure hidden in a field is that what the scripture says you can actually put that on on the board if you want to it's actually saying that it's a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up and then in his joy he goes and sells a portion of what he had Sorry? Oh. All that he had in order to buy that field. Did you train me to do that? Is a treasure in a field hidden? You see, here's the thing about the kingdom of heaven is that. The things of God are not easy to find. And you come into moments like this morning where we sing simple songs out of our hearts and we say, Lord, we adore you. And the word of the Lord comes through his saints. He says, I'm calling you into something bigger, into something better. But it's not easy to find. 
in this world where there's so much chaos, so much turmoil, so much questions, so much fear, the peace of God's kingdom is not easy to find. Even in the church, it's difficult to find. It's difficult to find. And this morning, I believe God wants us to go deeper still. And in order for us to take that leap and say, Lord, I want to take this leap. I need to see something. My prayer this morning is that God will open up your heart to who He truly is. And maybe open up your heart to who you truly are. You see, we cannot worship God unless we see first who He is. Even though a treasure is difficult to find, you will never know it's a treasure unless you've seen it. You need to see the hand of God first. You need to see it. I remember there was a time where I was very comfortable in ministry. 2017, I was... Um, I was in a church and I've been there over 15 years. And my plan was to take over the church from my father. Served him for a very long time. You can me not to sustain. You can say, okay, you can take someone So I had it under my pa for a long time. And I felt that this was the place where God wanted me. In a klein dorp in die naam van Babsfontein. Paar kilo's buitenkant Pretoria. And one day, I was preaching. And the presence of the Lord was there. And while I was preaching, I suddenly had an outside of body experience. Never had that before. And God came and showed me something that changed my life. Completely. At that point, I had plans I was serving the Lord. I was running for Him at my capacity. I was doing exactly what He wanted me to do up to that point. And one day He showed me a new treasure. He showed me a new field. And He told me while I was seeing myself preaching, He told me, I'm going to send you away from this place. Now you should realize for me it was like, but I was fixing to put roots down. My family, they were rooted in, in that area. My children, were, they were fixed in school. I mean, and I know how we think, right? Our children should be in a proper school, have proper education. And that's where I was. My daughter was in the best school in Pretoria. And she loved it. And I remember walking out of that service that morning I couldn't remember what, what I was preaching about I remember saying to my wife getting into our car I said we need to prepare our family because God has got something else I saw something and staying here would not be worth the while it will take faith to move where God wants us to be now maybe you are standing in situations in your life 
where you have seen a treasure, you've heard the call of God, you know that God has called you, but there are certain things that are tagging and pulling you back this morning that's saying, I don't know if it's worth the while to give up everything. I remember when we were driving and we started preparing our daughter because she was, she was, I mean, do you know about idols? Not here in Bonneville. My daughter is not here, so I can't speak about her. She's in America at the moment. But she made an idol of her school. And so did we. She, she loved the choir. I mean, she even loved the uniform, and it was ugly. But she loved it because it was an idol. It was an absolute idol. And I remember speaking to her while she was, you know, I was driving and she was sitting at the back of the car and I was speaking to her and we, we started prepping her and she would be so excited because we're going to go on a tour to America and we're going to sing in the choir in, in a year's time. I can't wait. we got to look for money. I'm like, what if the Lord tells us to go somewhere? Now, I know God told us we're going to go somewhere. I don't know where God told us we're going to go. We're going to take a leap of faith, but I have to prepare my daughter. And she's like, no, he won't do that, would he? Well, what if? What if there's a bit of treasure? <laughs> Needless to say, a year and a half later when we had to move to Montague, which we didn't know existed. <laughs> I'm so glad it exists. She was crying. We were crying. Because taking that leap of faith into what God has for us. It's no easy task. It means selling everything you have and following Him. It means to go for Him. And it wasn't easy because the flesh was shouting, it was screaming. But I can tell you one thing. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. And for the joy that you see in the treasure that God has called you to, you can endure any pain and any suffering that God has called you through. Is. I know these two very well, but I want to tell them something this morning. I don't understand why you're going through the suffering you're going through. But God has got a purpose. And he wants you to grab a hold of it in faith. It's different. It's a different field. It's a different purpose than what you have thought. But God wants you to leap in faith. God wants you to leap in faith. It's never easy because you've got to sell everything. You've got to leave everything behind. <laughs> the interesting thing is I thought I would buy a house in actually build a house in Bobsfontein. And uh, after the Lord called, called me to Montague in the Western Cape, I went back to Bobsfontein a few months later. And I thought to myself, what? I wanted to build a house in Bobsfontein? You see, we cannot always see what God sees. But He loves you this morning and He's calling you into his purpose. So I want to pray this morning. I want to say, Lord, help us see.
even if it means that you're telling us, don't come now, but stay. It will take faith. But there's a treasure that God has prepared for us. He has brought you to a banqueting table. And it's Jesus that's that treasure. And the question that we have this morning, is he really worthy of it all? I know he is. He's worthy of it all. God has called us, this group of people sitting in this room today. I, mean, I want you just to turn around and look at somebody. Just look, look around in this room because I want to tell you that God has purposed all of you to be here today, not just be here today, but to be in this region because God has got something beautiful. There's a field that God has bought with His blood in this place and He has placed a treasure here. And the question is, will you take that leap? to walk into what God has called you to walk into? Will you have childlike faith? In Isaiah, the world was going ballistic. Israel was oppressed by the Syrians. And one of uh, the last prophetic words that that Isaiah had for for the nation of Israel was in Isaiah 33, where he was speaking. And there's a verse that just captured my heart first of all in verse 2 in Isaiah 33 if you can go there for me quickly we can and then verse 2 and then 5 to 6 Isaiah 33 verse 2 It says, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. This is in the midst of distress. Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning. Our salvation in time of distress. Listen, we know that we are South African, right? We are born tough. It almost seems like this country always is in a time of distress. But this word is not for the country. You might be thinking that our nationality is the new Israel. We're not. Right? Amen? The church of the Lord is the bride of Christ. And when when Isaiah speaks, he speaks prophetically to the deliverance that they will come to the Israelites in the midst of this distress over the Assyrians and they will be delivered from that. But he's also looking prophetically to the cross of Calvary where there is a feast and a victory because there is a table that's prepared. A banqueting table by the sacrifice that Jesus Christ brought on the cross of Calvary. And he says there that you will be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. And then verse 5 and verse 6 does say the following. It says, no, not 4, 5. The Lord is exalted for He dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. And He will be a sure foundation for our times. 
for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So we know we've got a treasure in Jesus. But this morning I want you to realize that if you do not see the treasure, if you do not have your eyes fixed upon Jesus, if you do not see His beauty, His majesty, His glory, His splendor, your eyes will move from Him. And it will go onto the distress and the waves of the ocean. And eventually what will happen is you will sink. But if you can see this morning, what did Isaiah say? Verse 5, he said, he is exalted. Now I want to encourage you this morning. Josh Jen, listen. God is exalted. No matter your situation, God is exalted. I want to tell you this morning, no matter what you believe in, you might have wrong thinking here this morning. We all have wrong thinking from some time or another. But let me tell you, God is exalted above that. You might believe that Jesus Christ is Lord or you might believe He's not. No matter what we're thinking, He is still exalted. He is God. This is a truth statement that Isaiah makes. He is exalted. No matter the situation that you face, God is exalted. God is forever. That word exalted means that he's inaccessible. Now that doesn't mean that we cannot approach him. That means that the troubles that you face can never come to the power and the glory where he is. He is above it all. He is above every pain and suffering that you have faced in your life. And if you lay it down before him this morning, he can deal with it. He is exalted. He is exalted above all things. He is exalted above the heavens. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He is high. He is lofty. He is safe and He is strong. He is safe. If you are hidden in Him and you're running off to Him, you are safe in His hands. Because not because you are exalted, but because He is exalted. And those who acknowledge Him as Lord and serve Him with all their hearts experience a strong and sure foundation in their lives. Their hope is found in the one who has set the ocean limits in place. I want you to turn to Isaiah 40 verse 12 to 13 because I want you to see this King that's high and exalted this morning. Ons sit op hierdie verschrikkelijke mooie plaas. Dit is raarig mooi. Wel tevrede. And you see the mighty works of men that know how to skillfully work a field. And you look at it and you say, wow. I mean, allemaal van Montekie wat ek ingekom is, kijk na hierdie plek, kijk na hierdie plek. Kijk hoe mooi is dit. But let me tell you how great our God is. He's great. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? Or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? 
Amen. I, I pray, Lord, just for a moment, just open our minds, our eyes to see how big and how majesty, great in majesty you are, how awesome you are. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands? The weight of the waters. Do you know that the weight of the waters of the earth accounts for only 0.022% of the weight of the earth? And if you weigh it, it's an estimated 1 quintillion 450 quadrillion short tons. Do you know what a short ton is? 907 kilograms. It's just short of a ton. One quintillion, 450 quadrillion short tons. It's the weight of the water of this world. And God is weighted in the <laughs> in the hollow of His hand. It's like Give me my God, I dripperki. That's how God waited. And the breath of His hand, He marked off the heavens. Come on, guys, He is exalted. We worry about our end of the month salary. We worry about what we can give up. We're looking back, saying, Lord, no, don't ask this for me. And he says to you, I have weighed the waters of this world. I have the breath of the heavens, and I've marked it out with the breath of my hand. The closest star to the earth will take us 51 billion years to travel by plane to get to the closest star. But, and that's non-stop. But he has measured the universe by the span of his hand. That's the God that we serve. I don't know if you can come with me and say, Lord, you are exalted. He has created the heavens and the earth by the mere words that he has spoken. And he has created you. And he has even taken care in your creation because he has not just breathed you into existence but he has formed you with his hands out of the dust of the earth he loves you and he sent his son that now is exalted the name above all names higher than all your troubles and your issues and your quarrels and your enemies he is exalted he is exalted and my prayer for this region in the Langeberg, Overberg region is that God will be exalted. This is why we get together under a tree in Montague and in a storeroom in Bonneville. It's because God needs to be exalted above all. It's not about our buildings. It's not about our traditions and our religions. It's about the King of Kings who is exalted in the midst of our distress, in the midst of our pains. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is exalted. Just for a moment, don't you just want to close your eyes? Oh yes, mock it too and say, I want to see this treasure. I want to see this treasure. <laughs>
in the middle of the field. Show me how great and how marvelous you are. Show me, Lord, how exalted you are. Isaiah moves from a prophetic statement in, uh, from, a, from a true statement that he is exalted into a prophetic statement. And he said that Jesus or God will be the treasure of his children. Even though they're oppressed, even though they're going through difficult times, even though they look at their bank statements and they see that the enemy is attacking their finances, even though they go through all of these things, God will make a way. That's what Isaiah is seeing because he's looking forward. He's looking forward to what Jesus will do and will deliver his people. And today we can look back to the cross of Calvary and say, it is done, it is finished. God has done it. He's paid the, complete, paid the complete price for us to live in victory. Ons kan dit anneem. Ons kan dit vertrou. And what Isaiah is saying is, is that he is our salvation. That's a treasure. He's our wisdom and he's our knowledge. Those are the things. He's a firm foundation. We will not. Just see it again. Go back to Isaiah 33, quickly verse 6. I want you to read that again. The Lord is exalted for He dwells on high and He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation. He will be the sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. Maybe this morning you feel like, I don't know what to do. I'm looking at situations, I don't know. I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the wisdom, I don't know what to do. But here Isaiah is saying that he, God himself, he's the treasure. And he will be a rich store of salvation. A rich store of wisdom and of knowledge. Salvation speaks of deliverance. He will deliver you. It speaks of victory. He is our victory. Salvation it speaks of saving grace. God will save you if you will leap into His arms today because He is the treasure. He's the wisdom. It talks about skill. Skill in war. You will know how to fight your battles. It also speaks about wisdom and administration. You will know how to deal with certain difficult things when you run into Him. And it speaks about knowledge. And it talks about awareness. One of the songs we sang this morning, let, let us become more aware. Of his presence. Let us know him. Let us understand who he is. Now let me let me just say this to you that he is the treasure. I know a world that's looking for wisdom. I know a world that's looking for salvation. I know a world that is looking for knowledge. And they're running after the wisdom and the knowledge and the salvation that this world provides. But these things 
that are called the treasure for us, His children, can never be disconnected from who God is. It's connected to His very character. This is a with Him that we here He's the treasure. And the key of it, the key is the fear of the Lord. Now let me come here this morning and I want to ask you a question straight up. Do we still fear the Lord? As children of the Lord, do we still fear Him? And now, now, now come on up a black wall. Nee, jy moet nie vir my sê, ek moet die Heere vrees nie. Hy het my nie gees van vreesachtigheid gegeen nie. And we get preachers like that, right? Where when you say fear of the Lord, people are saying, what are you talking about? And we all should know that the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God, but it's being in reverence and in awe of who He is. reverence of who God is this morning. We need to distinguish correctly between the fear of the Lord and the spirit of fear. And this morning God is calling us to fear the Lord. I asked a question to Richard this week. I said to him, you know, there's a difference between knowing God and think you know you think you know him. I am um, I had a discussion with my cousin one day and she loves this one celebrity. She's absolutely adores him. Bobby van Yarsville. All the English guys are like, what? Bobby V? <laughs> so my cousin really likes him and she, for numerous reasons, which we won't go into. Um, but I had the opportunity to meet him. Not once, but twice. So when she realized that I've actually met him, and the reason why we met him is because his children and our children were in the same school. So it wasn't difficult. It wasn't like we did something great to meet this guy. Said he's got children, we've got children, we've got to go to school. They went to the same school. So I met him a few times, and then she started asking me questions about Bobby. What's he's like, you know? Is that erg so mooi in die rechte leven? I'm like. I started, I started telling her everything I knew about Bobby. I mean, because I met him, I knew exactly what car he was driving. I knew exactly the one night that we drove, we met, we, we basically had dinner together uh, as a group of parents. So I knew exactly what he ate. I knew exactly what he told me. I told her every detail. You know, at that point, he wasn't singing because he just had an operation on his on his throat and he told me about it and he was still making a remark because I did an opening and I went ballistic on stage and he was asking me how can you shout like that and keep your voice because he had an issue so I, I told her everything I knew about this oak 
I told it as if I knew him. I could tell him, I could tell her what he had, how he had it, when he had it. But I could never tell her one thing. I could not tell her why. I could not tell her why he drove the car that he drove or why he chose to have potatoes instead of rice or why he combed his hair that way and not that way or why he truly needed to have an operation on his throat. I knew the the what and the when, but I never knew the why. And the reason I never knew the why It's because I truly don't know him. I don't know Bobby. And many times we walk into a a meeting like this and we think we know God. And we think, I know what he's doing and and when he's going to do it. I even know how he's going to do it. Just to find out that we don't know why he's doing it. Because it's the fear of the Lord that brings us into the presence. Because wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. It's like me walking into a room where there's a a bunch of dignitaries like President Ramaphosa might be standing there. And I might be walking to him and I knew exactly what he did, when he did it. And why I think he shouldn't have done it. And I could go with my file, walk up to him with all my bravado, and tell him, listen, Mr. President, I think you should have done this and this and this and that and that. And you know what would happen? I will be escorted out of the building. Because I would insult him Because I think I know him, but he doesn't know me at all. And so many Christians come to this place where they say, yes, I want the treasure of Jesus. Yes, I want everything that he can give me. I want all his blessings. I want him to save me. I want him to be the person that died on the cross for me. I want that. But I'm not really willing to know why. I'm not really willing to put him number one in my life. I'm not really willing to push into him, to spend time with him. And I'm asking and I'm sketching a picture here just to let you know or ask you a question. Where are you this morning in your relationship with the Lord? Because you could stand in front like I stood in front this morning. You can lift up your hands and you can sing. You are worthy of it all. But you can walk out of these doors and you can just live your life on this side of what God has called you instead of leaping into what God has for you. You can be the rich young ruler that does everything right. Everything. Loves people does good deeds but the moment the Lord asks you to leap and give up everything you start finding excuses why the X type of church is not really a good church to join where you got to give everything 
where you've got to give everything in order to walk with Him, to move with Him, to live with Him, to know Him, to fear Him. It's the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of all wisdom. You see, worship starts with seeing who God is. And when I'm standing on this side of the edge, I need to come to a place where I say, you are worth everything, Lord. You're worth everything. I can't help to think about that young or that old lady, widow lady that walked into the temple. She didn't walk into a perfect church. She didn't walk into a perfect religious system. But yet she came with the little that she had. And she feared the Lord. Because she said, what I have belongs to you. And Jesus looked at that. And he didn't say, hey, you should be joining another church, I think. Or maybe you should put your money in a better treasury. Or maybe you should give your money to me. No, he just looked at that. And he looked at her heart. And he saw somebody leaping with everything that they had into the one's arms that they trusted. That's what he saw. So I want to ask you to close your eyes again this morning because God wants to deal with your heart this morning. And the question this morning is, am I following God because of the treasure in the sense that he's my salvation, I want salvation. I want wisdom and I want knowledge. Am I following him for those things? Or is he the treasure? Because eventually those things become fruit of running into the arms of Jesus. You see, you cannot come to Jesus without receiving salvation. It's a given. It's who He is. <laughs> he gives it. So by coming to Him, you receive it automatically. You cannot come to Jesus without receiving knowledge. Just by walking a bit with Him, you will receive the most knowledge you've ever had. And you will receive wisdom. But if you seek those things instead of seeking Him, the giver of those things, you're not walking by faith. You're not placing Him in the highest place, but you are putting yourself in a place of adoration. So God is coming this morning and He's saying to you, listen, bow your knee before me because I'm the King of Kings. And no matter if you exalt yourself right now, you can do that. There will come a day that I will exalt myself. I will be exalted and every tongue will confess that I am Lord. And every knee will bow.
Matthew 10, 28 says, Do not fear those who can kill the body. Like Emil said, a lot of people might be, that guy might have thought, well, what, what am I going to do? They know me there. I would rather get out of my life. What will people think of me? Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to just destroy both soul and body in hell. Psalm 112 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. Their generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. You see, we don't serve God because of those things, but it's added on to us when we seek He first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added.